0: welcome to day five of season one finale it's episode 44 of the web joy podcast i'm your host eddie and in this podcast we interview guests about their origin story and what makes them excited and joyful to be part of the tech community. I hope you enjoy today's episode. I like to say I'm not gonna do something and then I do it anyway with Kelly Vaughn. Welcome to another episode of WebJoy. I'm excited today to have Kelly Vaughn with us. Kelly, say hi to the listeners.
1: Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.
0: So I know like when you're the host somewhere and you get someone that you've known of outside of your context of a host, typically you're supposed to be cool and suave, but I'll (laughs) I'll be fanboy for a minute and say like, I'm so excited to have you on. Like I've listened to, you know, the Ladybug podcast when you all did it and everything. So definitely a highlight of this season to have you join us. So thank you.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Absolutely.
0: So... For those who are listening that don't know who you are, kind of give a a brief intro about yourself.
1: Yeah. So I'm Kelly Vaughn. I am a soft-taught engineer, taught myself how to curve when I was 11, so I've been doing it a minute. I am now the director of engineering at a video intelligence startup called Spot AI. Uh, And prior to this, I founded an agency, ran that for four and a half years, and co-founded a SaaS startup as well. That's the short version.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you've been busy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, what did that journey look like, right? I mean, obviously, you know, you've been doing stuff a while. If you started learning to code at 11, and then you've gone and done kind of entrepreneurial and starting up agencies, and now you're working as a director, like what does that journey look like for you from, a, I guess, a high level?
1: It's been a little all over the place. I think the it can be summarized as I like to say, I'm not going to do something and then I do it anyway. That's the the super short version. The longer version is I taught myself how to code because are you familiar with Neopets?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So for those who aren't familiar with Neopets, website, as kids, you can have your own virtual pet and you can play games and buy things and have like, there's a community aspect to it. And the communities were called guilds. And in order to customize your guild, you had to know basic HTML and CSS. And so my dad bought me a book called HTML goodies. And that is how I learned how to code from a book back when I was... uh, a very young little girl, not doing anything more than bowling and coding. That was my life. And gymnastics. I started freelancing when I was 14. I had my first client who needed, actually it was like an online catalog basically. So I kind of got my first dip into to e-commerce very early for a hunting supplies store up in Michigan. I was paid a t-shirt. It was my dad's size. It was like not at all useful, but my dad did find it like years later. He had been using it as a dust drag, apparently, and like it was missing a sleeve and it was so dirty. And he's like, Look what I found! So it's super meaningful. I have since lost it again. It's somewhere and I'm sure I will find it eventually because I need to frame that thing because like my first dollar. Yeah. Um, so it. Yeah, I freelance uh, through high school, undergrad, grad school. I never wanted to do this for a living because I figured if I was like forced to code for a living, I'd grow to hate it. Um, I actually took AP Computer Science in high school, and I needed a tutor to get through the classes. I was so bad at Java; it just did not work with my brain. I haven't tried it since. I'm sure it's probably a little bit better, like my brain. That is, I mean, so the, like, the language is never bad in the first place. But you know, <laughs> so I went to school for something totally different. First of all, I have three degrees from the University of Georgia. Go Dogs! Back to back national champions. Had to throw <laughs> that in there because it's perfect timing since we won last night. Terrible yeah, game. Terrible awesome. game. It was murder. It was pure murder. So uh, my bachelor's is in psychology, and I have two master's degrees in public health and clinical social work. So I'm actually a trained therapist, uh, which is totally different, again, from software engineering. (laughs) And my first job out of grad school was a fellowship for the CDC. And they needed somebody who had their master's in public health who also knew how to code. I was the only applicant. Turns out two weeks in when they hired me, they're like, hey, yeah, you're our only applicant. I'm like, cool. Thanks for the confidence boost. Appreciate that. But it was a good experience, except I was making more money freelancing part-time than I was through the stipend at CDC. And once my husband and I got married and I can get on his health insurance, I left the fellowship program and went full-time on my own. So this was September, October of 2013 or 2015. In 2016, there was a I had a a feature in MailChimp called a freelance success story. And it was beautiful. (laughs) In this article, I talk about how I never want to start an agency. Because if I do that, like, it's going to be too structured. I want to keep this like, hybrid work with other freelancers thing. And then the next year I started an agency. (laughs) Like I said, uh, this is a pattern here. <laughs> and so I started the tap room, focused around e-commerce, Shopify in particular, grew that to about 20, 25 people globally. And then in 2021, you know, 2020 was a rough year, but a really ra- like big year for us because e-commerce. And in 21, I kind of like hit a wall and I was like, what am I doing with my life? I'm losing meaning in my work. And so I took a one month sabbatical from my own company, which is really cool that I was able to do that. And during that time, I co-founded a SaaS startup called Govallo and built the... This is my first kind of foray into like the product world and a venture capital because we did raise a pre-seed round for that company. And we launched our prototype in our MVP in October of 2021. I hit another wall in... February, more of like a financial thing. Turns out you can't run two tom- two companies full time. It's kind of difficult. Yeah, and so absolutely. I had to make the difficult decision to shut down my agency in March at the end of March, and also leave my startup to get back on track for a, for like a financial reason. But also, I was very burned out mentally. I was not in a good place. Like I needed this time off, so I ended up uh, signing on to Spot as engineering manager at the time. And like four months later, I became director of engineering. So that is where I am now. I'm currently managing a team of 15 engineers. (laughs) Fingers crossed to be making some more offers this week. But it's, you know, I absolutely, I love it. It is so different from what I was doing running my own company. And in the nine months that I've been there, I have learned so much that I never would have learned running my own company. I'm seeing scale. I did zero to one many, like twice over now, I now I'm in that like 10 to 100 space. And it's really cool to actually work at a company that's like scaling at this stage.
0: That's cool. Like you said, because you just kind of kept doing that intro stage of like repeating kind of the pain and suffering of those early years. And now (laughs) like, yeah, you know, you kinda Yeah, you kind of jump to and of course, there's good things about that as well. But now you get to to something different. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a, like that zero to one stage is really fun because like you're dreaming, like what could this be? In the one to 10, 10 to 100 phase, like you have product market fit. Like you know what your customer, who your customers are. And you can start serving your customers so much better because you've identified their pain points. You've identified their needs and you can really deliver and pivot. And, you know, as the market changes, as the world changes, as your customers change over time, like you can pivot with them, but you've kind of moved past that phase of like, will this work?
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, that's good. And I would imagine, right, one, much less two companies, your mind's going all over the place. I mean, you're worrying about hiring, you're worrying about where the company's going, you're worrying about right revenue. I imagine working as an engineering manager, and now director, like, you're able to kind of focus and zero in on like a much smaller scope of responsibilities. Exactly. Has that helped kind of mental health aspect, like kind of helped you recover from kind of the burnout you mentioned and stuff?
1: Yeah. You know, when I was running the agency, especially early on, you know, I'm good at closing deals. Like I'm good at selling, but I don't enjoy it. And to have an entire sales team that's really good at what they do and just let them sell. And I will build the things that they need to sell or my engineers will build the things that that they want to sell. It's totally it's, it's so nice to be able to focus, as you said, like on like this is my lane and this is where I'm going to be as a like I think like an entrepreneur. I'm always thinking about like what's next. And not in terms of like what's next in my career, but what's next for spot? Where are we headed next? What what should we be thinking about? How are we adjusting? Like, how are we adapting to the the environment? Like, especially like the macroeconomic climate we have right now. So like, these things are always going through my head. And I don't think I'll ever be able to like shut that off. But I also don't have to worry about like HR. I don't have to worry about benefits. I don't have to worry about selling. And I'm focused on, let's have the like the most successful, most efficient engineering team that we can have so we can continue to grow this company. It's very, very nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. When I think there's something for everyone there that when you are in a spot that is more broad, I did a lot of stuff in startups and you have to wear multiple hats, even though, I mean, I was nowhere near the founder. Like you're still wearing multiple hats all the time. It's a very adaptive environment. And now working at Glassdoor. So yeah, I was talking to someone else who you know was at a big company as well. And the scope changing to saying, hey, I can focus on these smaller things really allows you to narrow that focus. And it's interesting that the same thing happened for you. And so if people find themselves working in startups, working in places where you're having to wear multiple hats, and you feel like that's starting to weigh you down, think about going to a larger company in some form, just one step up from where you are.
1: And that's, that's the important distinction there. You know, you don't have to go from working at a Series A or pre-seed or seeds, a seed startup to Google. Like, that is a <laughs> massive jump. You can if you want, like absolutely. But there's a lot sure. in between. There's a lot of growth in between that you can experience. Different faces of a company, a C, a pre-seed company is very different from a seed, from a Series A, from a Series B, from a Series C, and so on. Like you see, especially like a publicly traded company, like a much larger like Fang type corp. You know, we see these like huge, huge, huge environments where like, your focus is. Very narrow, and it has to be because you're also with ten thousand other employees. It's great, but at a startup, you know, you're really going to be wearing a lot more hats. The larger the startup gets, the fewer hats you, you know, you'll start handing those hats to other people. Okay, you get to wear this hat now. I'm putting it away for good. And it's, you know, it's a nice thing to be able to like really start to narrow in on what do you want to be good at, and what is going to bring you joy, and what is really going to help you grow as in your own career, whether you're going down that IC route, while you're going down like the uh, management route, like wherever it takes you, a different company is going to give you a different experience depending on the size they're at.
0: Well, cool. Well, it's funny, like you kind of mentioned, right? People should be looking for things that that bring them joy and stuff. And that's actually a, a fun little segue because, right, every episode, we like to step back and say, hey, what's something that's been bringing you joy recently? So Kelly, what's something that's been bringing you joy?
1: Well... Let me go with this one. Last year, I read 154 books.
0: Dang, that's amazing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So what brings me joy reading does. And it's kind of funny. You look at the history of like, you know, I use Goodreads. Um, I'm not giving you my Goodreads profile, you as in like the general public, because you'll realize just how much like fantasy romance novels I read. (laughs) And we're going to keep those kind of quiet unless I really know you. (laughs) But you know, you can see the trajectory of like, when I was at my worst mentally, when I was at my lowest, I was reading a lot more, because that was my escape. That was my like, I just want to focus on something else. Like, let me take my brain to this vastly different world that doesn't exist and just think about that. And like my reading changed over the course of the year to where like I joined spot in April and starting in April, you start to see more business books start to pop back into my, my history as I'm like, okay, now I want to read more management books again. I want to read more leadership books, you know, self kind of improvement type books. So there's like this funny kind of trajectory. And of course, of course, I didn't stop reading the romance and the fantasy and the mystery and the thrillers all through that. But the mix of books had changed over time. But it's, you know, it's one of my absolute favorite things to do. People often ask me, like, how in the world did you read over 150 books in a year? And the answer is I make time for it. I start my day reading. I end my day reading. It brings me joy. It's an easy thing for me to do, to set it aside, like I'm going to put my phone down, put it in Do Not Disturb and just read. That way the only, like my husband can still message me when he's out of the house or whatever. Otherwise he can come talk to me in person like a normal human. Or like <laughs> my best friends, like they're a part of my like, I know I'm on, on Do Not Disturb, but you can still message me and I'll still receive it and you know we'll have a conversation. Everyone else is like no social media, everything shuts down and I just read. And my husband loves... The fact that like sometimes I will like he'll go to sleep and I'll be reading. He'll wake up and I'll be reading. He's like, Did you sleep? I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> think. Occasionally he'll <laughs> he'll like roll over and wake up at like two AM. There's just like me with my Kindle, like, nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Well, it's funny. That kind of answered the question. I was about to say, are you a physical book reader? Are you an ebook reader? Do you listen to audiobooks? Do you do combinations? What does that look like?
1: I am in all of the above. I actually, I love physical books for like business and leadership type books. So you can't, you can only see like a little bit of my bookshelf back here. But I buy a lot of physical business books, but I also buy the Kindle version. So I can kind of flip back and forth because sometimes it's just like, I want to hold a book, but sometimes like, I'm not going to turn on a light in the bedroom when I'm trying to sleep. So I'll read on my Kindle. Almost all my romance and fantasy books are on Kindle because the... The dude without the shirt on, like, I don't need to have like a bunch of those in my on my bookshelf. And then audiobooks, I love to mix in, like, I love to listen to audiobooks, like while I'm cooking, uh, while working on a puzzle, like doing, you know, other things that don't require so much of my attention. Every single year I listen to I start my year with uh, Atomic Habits. I always listen to that first thing, first and foremost, and it's always a really great reminder of like, okay, like little habit changes you can make like the Atomic Habits, hence the name. It's always a good reminder when I'm starting, you know, starting a new year. And I'm I'm not like big on resolutions, but I get super introspective at the end of the year and the beginning of a new year. And so I'm just like, what is going to make me happy for the next year? Like, what is going to bring me joy? What is going to put me in a state where, like, I reflected in the last year, like I spent most of my year stressed. How can I make it so I'm not spending a lot of this year stressed? How can I be happy with what I have? And during that time, it's always a good time for me to like, all right, now it's time to read Atomic Habits again get that reminder and then start my you know start off on a good on on have a good start to my year basically
0: nice I think there's a couple interesting nuggets there first of all anyone who wants to hide the reading habits you're ashamed of get ebooks that was a good <laughs> little tip there right like keep it hidden so that you know visitors to your house aren't uh, oh that's that's what you're embarrassed Oh about.
1: Kelly what what are you reading over here yeah I'll show you here's my my Kindle which is, it's so funny. Like I'm reading Measure What Matters right now, which is a phenomenal book. I cannot say enough good things about it, but I'm going to hold up my phone so you can see like these three books that are currently showing. Ah, uh, yep. <laughs> so it's a nice little mix. <laughs> hey, it, that is a healthy mix.
0: You know what I mean? Like That's
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what actually that book is. So we're going to find out. I don't read about books before I actually download them or because I have Kindle Unlimited. So I just download a lot of books from Kindle Unlimited. And one of, my, one of my best friends, she actually reads the descriptions of the book and then will send me like, oh, this one's free today and I'll just buy it. And I don't know what it says, but like if she's approving of it, I'm just adding it and I'll read it and I'll not know what I'm getting myself into. It is cause, It has been a journey sometimes when I'm like, oh, this is what we're reading about today. Got it.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. That is so funny. I definitely think though, yeah, for people who don't read as much as you want to, I've gotten nowhere near 100 and such my crowning achievement was uh before i had kids like a year or two before i had kids that's gone now i read 52 books in a year so one book a week
1: nice yeah
0: and i felt i felt really happy with that that is good yeah absolutely but yeah i had to kind of balance like you said like you listen to an audiobook when you're doing one thing you read you know a kindle in the bed when you're winding down and i kind of like you with the physical business books like I ask myself, is this a book I'm going to want to read again in the future? Like, am I really excited or proud? It does have some sentimental connection, then I'll get the physical. But if not, then yeah, it's going on in Kindle. It's, it's an ebook.
1: Exactly. I also like to use my stack of unread business books. as like, a. do you really need to buy more books? And the answer is yes, I will always buy more books. So it <laughs> makes no difference. But I like to think it makes a difference.
0: Yeah. <laughs> nice. You know, as we wrap up, one thing that we always like to do is just say, hey, is there anything you've been up to or anything you want to give a shout out to? So just wanted to give you an opportunity to share anything that you think would be interesting to the listeners.
1: Yeah. So I took like a one month hiatus from writing, but I started back up actually this morning, my newsletter at Lessons in Engineering Leadership. Um, It's bi-weekly newsletter every Tuesday morning. Might switch to Wednesday because I hate Tuesdays, but you know, small things. But the idea of it is a newsletter that you can read in under five minutes. Like we're all busy. I want to get like my thoughts down. It's like usually my typical tweet form and then like multiply it by like, it's like a thread. It's like a tweet thread, like a Twitter thread. And that's it. Yeah. And then it's, you know, today's was on managing your workload because all I've been thinking about today is like, I have so much stuff to do. Where am I going to actually get this done? I'm like, oh, wait, I have a process for this. Let me write it down. And so that turned into my my newsletter for the week. But like, I'm very much on my on my journey as an engineering leader. You know, I have a lot I still need to learn. And so I'm using this as like, here's what I've learned, but here's also what I'm working on right now. So like, I'm very, very much on my journey. And I want to share that journey with you.
0: That's awesome.
1: You can find that at engineeringleadership.xyz.
0: Perfect. And we'll include a link to that in the show notes. So anyone who is thinking about going into engineering leadership or if you're in engineering leadership, uh, go ahead and go subscribe and take a look at that. Thanks. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, Kelly, you know, it's been a pleasure having you on and just getting to chat and just, you know, talking about your story and your love of books and all the books of shirtless men that you try to hide.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that was the key takeaway here.
0: (laughs) That's right. Absolutely. (laughs)
1: But thank you so much for having me on. This was great.
0: Thank you for joining us for episode 44. I like to say I'm not going to do something and then I do it anyway with Kelly Vaughn. You can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as a link to Kelly's social media accounts in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, help others discover it as well. Give us a shout out on your favorite social media platform. Maybe tag a friend or coworker that came to mind when you were listening to the episode. Don't forget to follow us wherever you hang out online. And you can subscribe to our newsletter to stay up to date on all the things WebJoy. Thank you for listening for season one. If you have three minutes, please take our short listener survey. You can find a link in the show notes. It will be invaluable as we plan out season two. We have a lot in store. Thank you for listening and have a great day.